All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Can you see it? Did you notice? Check when the puck comes right to Pedersen who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! Moments no.
Hello Canucks fans, welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. My name is Chris Faber and let's get right to my co-host David Quadrelli. How you doing Quads? I'm doing well Chris, it's it's a nice day. We've had a pretty nice week weather-wise, haven't we? Absolutely, nice week weather-wise. Nice week for us as well. Um, first of all, the Canucks Conversation podcast is presented by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. Check them out right now. I don't think the Cyber Monday deals are still going on, but hopefully you guys are able to snag some of that. Uh, if not, we have a new promo code with ZephyrEpic.com. The new promo code is Hockey Season, All one word, capital H for hockey, capital S for season. And quads, we just came off yes. of a massive box opening. We opened up five retail boxes. You pulled... The epic Alexis Lafreniere rookie card. The Young Guns. It looked amazing, man. So what are you going to do with that card? I don't know yet. I have it. It's just in a sleeve sitting at my house. And I'm just, you know, I, I'm not sure what I'm going to do yet. It's it's definitely a cool card to have. I think it's one that could kind of go up in value similar to an Elias Pettersson Young Guns card. I think, you know, I think, you know, when all said and done and these guys have illustrious careers, it's going to be worth something. So I might hang on to it. Same with the Quinn Hughes, Jack Hughes, um, uh, Young Guns checklist that I have, the one with both of them on it. Like that's one I'll be keeping for a long time because I think that'll be something that maybe goes up in value. So I don't know. I don't know. I'll probably just keep it like I do most of the other stuff I collect. But yeah, I mean, it's been a good week for us and everybody else should go buy themselves some hockey cards because we've had a ton of fun with them. <laughs> Most definitely. I pulled the um, the rookie Mikey DiPietro. I was pretty happy with that for my young guns. But you definitely um, you definitely won this week's battle. And we did five boxes in total, so two and a half boxes each. Uh, and you ended up pulling a Bowen Byram young gun as well. So that's another big one. So yeah, if you guys want to get some hockey cards or any other cards, because um, you know Christmas is just around the corner. If you're into Pokemon, Magic, all that stuff, it's all on ZephyrEpic.com. So go check them out there. But yeah, we've had a good week with that. We've had a, a good week overall. Like you mentioned, the weather's been awesome. It's been great to get outside and do some stuff. Um, even with you know with COVID going on, it's kind of tough to go out and, and do a lot of these events. I know my girlfriend's been really excited to go and do like all these Festival of Lights and Capilano mm-hmm. Suspension Bridge is all lit up. But they're all shut down until um, apparently, I think, December 8th. So we've got some dates set to hopefully go. Um, the big one that I want to see, I don't know if there's one that you want to see particularly, but the Capilano Suspension Bridge, like I've never been to that before. I've seen a ton of pictures of it, but now that I've moved over here, uh, this will be my first Christmas now uh, in the mainland, on the mainland, I guess. So I think uh, Capilano Suspension Bridge is the one I got to do. Is there another Burnaby uh, light show that I need to see? Quality? You got to go to the Burnaby Heritage Museum. That's uh, that's a classic for Burnaby. You definitely got to check that out. That's uh, Yeah, they decorate it for Christmas. I'm not sure what they're doing this year, but yeah, I used to go there as a kid a lot and it was uh it was a lot of fun it was like really like it's old-fashioned like there's an old movie theater that just plays charlie chaplin movies on repeat there's a blacksmith who's actually like at a blacksmithing place they show you how like newspapers used to be made it's cool man it's it's cool i think you'd enjoy that um but yeah in terms of like burnaby not so much but coquitlam you got to check out lafarge lake not happening this year but they do the lights at lafarge every year and it's just ridiculous like how nice it is there and that's uh that's a must you, you got to check that out but you know i'm kind of like a half citizen of burnaby and coquitlam those are basically the two municipalities that i drive to uh and then you know i don't like going to vancouver i'll go when it's training camp and for canucks games i'll drive there but uh yeah it's... I got a question about that because I've one time I was I forget what I was doing. I think we were going to like the IKEA maybe and it said it was in Burquitlam. Is that just like a combination of two cities? So Burquitlam, excuse me, holy cow. Burquitlam is kind of like the border of 
Burnaby and Coquitlam. So North Road is like the border of you know how it's, you know how I explained to you Boundary Road is Burnaby and Vancouver. North Road right. is Burnaby and Coquitlam. So the IKEA that you're thinking of, I think it's on United Boulevard, um, or around that area, just south of uh, or sorry, north of the Highway One. You you want to go that way, and then it's like you know kind of on the border but it's actually in coquitlam so it may say burquitlam but no that is that is in coquitlam and burquitlam is not okay, an so actual why, municipality why does burquitlam get a name and why does like burncouver not have a name then on boundary road man i don't i'm not responsible in this process i have no idea i could not tell you but the mayor of burnaby quads and you don't have the answers here. i know i know i've actually never heard that ikea the one you're thinking of be referred to as the burquitlam ikea it's always just called the coquitlam ikea like online everything like i've never heard it referred to as the burquitlam ikea okay i think it might have been looking for apartments and now that now that i think about it, i think that's what it was it was like burquitlam area is okay what they kept so referring to burquitlam that area is actually more north than the ikea burquitlam is like man i don't think i've ever taken you there but like there's like a value village and there's like Burquitlam Plaza and Burquitlam Skytrain station. That's actually like fairly new. Like the Skytrain used to end at production way university. Um, the millennium line that is that one that runs through Burnaby, uh, but they built the evergreen line, which now extends into Coquitlam and goes all the way to, I think the end is Lafarge Lake Douglas. So that's how you get to Lafarge Lake. If you don't want to drive, you take the Skytrain. It goes all the way there now, which is nice, but uh, yeah, that's all kind of new. And then the Burquitlam area is like, almost like west coquitlam you know what i mean it's like mm-hmm. yeah it's almost like near port moody but not quite i don't i don't know you probably don't have the best geography skills when it comes to the lower mainland just yet but you're here now so i'll teach you everything most definitely definitely trust you for the burn we take so you've given me some good restaurants so far yeah. so i won't uh i won't uh you know i'm actually going to take what you say to heart because i believe in your burnaby coquitlam Burnaby too. information at least i know right a lot now. about coquitlam man. yeah i haven't I haven't taken your your Coquitlam advice yet, so we'll have to get to that eventually. Okay. But sorry, um, before we before we move on to actual hockey talk, uh, you know we talk about Pasta Amore a lot. The Golden Boot in Coquitlam is the equivalent. If you're in Coquitlam, hmm. the Golden Boot is the standard. It's the gold standard. That's where you got to go. The Golden Boot. You heard it okay. here first. I think it's on Austin, but uh, that's the place to go. Good to know. Noted for people going to Coquitlam. Before we get to some hockey talk, we got some more business to get to. Uh, we are very excited to partner up with our friends, our bosses, our colleagues, <laughs> our employer, uh, Canucks Army. <clears throat> we are now the official podcast of Canucks Army, which we're very excited for. And with that, a partnership with Odd Shark as well. We are joining up with Odd Shark. You guys can check them out, oddshark.com, for all of your sports betting odds and gambling odds as well. Be sure to give them a check out. We'll get to that more later on in the ad that you have recorded for it, Quads. And at the same time, with Christmas just around the corner, we got a little Christmas gift from our friends at Parallel 49 Beer as well. They are jumping back on to be a sponsor of the Canucks Conversation. Um, And the Jelly Donut Beer is out there right now, Quads. Are you going to go out and try a Jelly Donut flavored beer? I have to, right? Like, I I have to at this point. It's got to happen. Yeah, I think so. And that's the one that I'm going to be getting into soon. Um, definitely going to give that a try. If not this weekend, definitely next weekend. Because it's not really like a Christmas flavor. But at the same time, like jelly donut beer. How could you like not want to try that at least? You know? Yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm actually more curious than I am like, oh, I got to try that. I'm really curious what this is going to taste like. Because, you know, I don't really like beer. I'm not a big beer drinker. Um, you know, you, you set me up with some Mike's Hard especially the blue freeze, like, holy smokes, you know, I'm downing those, um, yep. you know, 
claws, neutral vodkas, whatever, all of those. I'm, cl- I'm down, I'm downing those in the crown, you know, the Dave special, but yeah, not a big beer guy, but I definitely have to try this one. Yeah. Jelly donut for sure. Aside from that, uh, the only other news was that, uh, I worked my first few shifts at Sportsnet 650 this past week. That was pretty fun. Uh, worked the Saturday shift with, uh, Izzy and Alex over there on, on air. That was good. And then just yesterday on Thursday, I got to do my first weekday show and that was a lot of fun. I got to produce the show for the last hour by myself i got a lot of help from our new colleague at canucks army josh elliott wolf he's a producer they've been there for a couple of years since uh pretty much since 650 launched actually they must have hired him when he was like 13 years old because he's <laughs> not a very old guy but he's been there and like people are always asking josh questions uh even though they all refer to him as the kid over there so uh he's been a lot of help and the first shift went good i, I came out with some bangers and and josh even laughed about it because he said like okay, you get to pick the music that we come back from break from. And the first song I ever picked for radio uh, was Like a G6 by Far East Movement. (laughs) So that's going to be going down in history as the first song that I ever came back from commercial break from. And I'm pretty proud of that because that's a banging track. Wow. Can you get me some intro music when I do hits on 650 now? Like, can we just, is this, is this something we can do? Because I've told you, you know what my intro song is. My walk-up song, if I ever come out of the bullpen when I'm pitching... It's always the same song. It's always Green Onions. But if I'm pitching, it's got to be Enter Sandman. I got to do a little tribute to Rivera with that one. Yeah, absolutely. We can definitely make that happen when we get you on the air here. I'm back there for some weekend shifts as well. So uh, that'll be fun. And then we'll get to get some more shifts over Christmas break when some people go on vacation. So it's been a good week. Thursday was really good. I was there for seven hours. I started at noon uh, and finished like just after seven. So it was a good learning shift and uh, learned a lot. I think I'm ready to... I don't know if I'm ready to go by myself yet on the board because there's a lot to handle. Like, it was all good, like, when I was watching and, like, learning. I was taking notes, stuff, and all that stuff. And I felt like, okay, this looks pretty simple. And then that last hour, like, the first time we come back from break, you're, like, you have all these different mics that you're pushing for people and all these different things for music and drops and everything. And, like, it's all, like, it's not that hard, but you have to do it all in about five seconds Mm -hmm. of, like, transitioning from the ad to the music to bringing in the host audio to also playing the comeback sound that's the drop for their show and it's like it's all just really fast in five seconds that you have to like nail in the perfect order and while you're also like turning people up and turning people down so like the first time was kind of intimidating uh coming back from break the second time felt a little bit better but um yeah it's it's funny because you work super hard like really quick five seconds you bang stuff out and then you're basically just cutting audio for the rest of it so it was a pretty good uh good shift through and through though fun i'm yeah i'm i'm excited to keep listening to you progress at 650 the other the other news (laughs) The Canucks news. Mark Donnelly. Did you see this or were you at Superstore? Did you just miss all this? Because it kind of broke in the last hour. Did you hear anything about Mark Donnelly? I've been seeing tweets about it and I saw that it was like on the top of my homepage, but I haven't actually looked at it yet. Okay, so Mark Donnelly, the Canucks anthem singer, uh, longtime anthem singer, uh, he is performing at a freedom rally, a Christmas freedom rally. Uh, and for those that don't know, these are the gatherings with anti-maskers, anti-vax people, uh, protesting government tyranny, uh, with the COVID-19 pandemic. So, you know, uh, this is happening at the Vancouver Art Gallery. Uh, it may have happened by the time this show, no, It'll happen shortly after this show drops. So you can see me and Chris get disappointed on Twitter live. Uh, if you check our Twitter feeds in about two hours from the time you're listening to this podcast, if you listen to it on Saturday morning. So that's kind of what's going on there. And yeah, just, uh, you know, not, not really a good look for the guy who's the anthem singer. Like there's been people being like, oh, Bonnie Henry has to do the puck drop as soon as fans are allowed back in the arena. 
And then, you know, the the, anth- the anthem singer who's going to perform right before she drops the puck is this guy. Like, yeah, I, I, I think it's safe to say that Donnelly's probably performed his last uh, anthem for the Canucks. I, I think that's pretty safe to say. Because I think if he comes back, he's just going to get booed mercil- mercilessly. Oh, yeah, that's a tough look. What, you, like, what goes <laughs> through people's minds sometimes? I don't know. But uh, Mary Huey does a great job, so. Uh, yeah, I, I think she. I think full time moving forward with her, and you know what they they did some pretty good anthem singers that they brought in last year as well. So I'm not too yeah. worried about it. Uh, and and yeah, it's not like Mark Donnelly's the he's not really the show for me when I'm watching a Canucks game. So I don't really care if I don't yeah see him again. And uh, that's too bad. Too bad that uh, he made an idiot idiotic decision. I guess to go do that. Yeah, I haven't looked in too much weird. into it from but from what I just heard there, that's yeah, that's pretty whack. Yeah. Um, Okay, well, yeah, we got a lot of Canucks news to get into. I mean, that's sort of Canucks news, so that's partially uh, a transition into stuff. But um, let's let's jump right into the World Juniors. I know we do a prospect report at the end of the episodes, and we are going to do a little bit on Niels Hoglander because I've talked to him and his agent in the past week. Uh, so we'll bring a little bit of news later on in the show. But I think the big one that we want to focus on for this week's episode is all of the World Junior rosters have come out, at least all of the, the main ones that I've seen out there for at least Finland, Sweden, uh, United States, uh, Canada is obviously practicing, and obviously that had some repercussions for Canucks players that were hoping to make the team. And looks like right now the Vancouver Canucks are going to have three prospects at this year's World Junior Championships. So, uh, which which guy do you want to start with here, Quads? Who do you want to start talking about? Start with Zlodiev. I want to I want to talk about him because he's not there this year, but he's going to be there next year. And I don't know. I just want to like provide insight. Okay. Well, for like, yeah. Let's why start with the guys there. that didn't make it then. Okay, so the guys that didn't make it that. You know, we're on the bubble to potentially play for their teams. Yanni Yermo and Dmitry Zlodiev. Yeah. And the negatives is obviously both of them did not make the the big extended rosters, right? They didn't even make the preliminary rosters mm-hmm. on their team this year. I think Zlodiev was very close. I don't know if Yanni Yermo was as close. And just because Finland's got a, a bevy of unreal defensemen at that age group. And they just seem to be, you know, it's funny. Like Finland was such a goaltender warehouse for a while where they're just constantly pumping out mm-hmm. great goaltenders. Uh, now it just seems to be defensemen, right? And I mean, that's the strength of Finland's team going into this World Junior Championship. So Yanni Yermo, he he didn't really have a real shot of making it this year. I mean, if he's playing in the Finnish Liga, which is great for him, he's moving up and getting more ice time. That's just great for an 18-year-old who's going to have a better shot of making the team next year. So that's kind of our, our recap on Yermo. But yeah, what do you got to say about uh, Zlodiev not making the team? Well, I think it's not really a thing to be real disappointed about for Canucks fans because, yeah, you know, Igor Larionov was saying some really positive things about him with his play at the Karyala Cup. And again, like he was playing as a 13th forward most of the time uh, at the Karyala Cup in Finland there. Uh, but I think it's safe to say that he's going to be on the team next year, right? And I think, you know, he's still a long way away. Uh, people who've listened to this podcast, Red Canucks Army, know you and I are both very high on him. We think this was a great pick for the Canucks late late round pick, right? Like, you know, if this guy can develop, he has real potential to become a modern day fourth line center. And I think, you know, for Canucks fans, you can only view that as a win, right? And if he made the world juniors team this year, that would just be ridiculous. Like people would be kicking themselves for not selecting this guy. I think they already are, but next year, I think it'll be a real, it'll be a real tell of what the Canucks really have in Zlodiev because I think they're high on him. I think they have every reason to be. And I think, you know, once you see what he can do at the World Juniors, I think a lot more people are going to be on board with, you know, kind of what we see in him and why we think he's going to be a player potentially. 
Yeah, most definitely. I mean, he's going to be a guy who's going to kill penalties for them next year, potentially get some power play time and play center, right? I mean, that's a big thing that you don't really talk about a lot with prospects. Like the thing that's always brought up on the prospects, the first thing is like, how many points are they putting up? Are they playing power play minutes? Are they penalty killing? Mm-hmm. But the thing that doesn't get really talked about a lot, and I think should be talked about a little bit more, is how good they are at actually playing the position of center. Because a lot of prospects are going to come up and be centers when they're in a junior age group. Or, you know, as they're moving up, guys who this guy plays center, right? Every guy going into the draft is a center slash left winger, or whatever they are, right? And mm-hmm. I think that just seeing Dimitri Zlodiev actually be able to play the center position and do it so well and have such good form on face-offs already and be so elite against his age group in face-offs, I think that's a huge plus. And the fact that he is that he's going to be, like, I, I would say, I'll say it right now with 100% confidence, he will be on that Russian team next year. But I think the only reason he is actually not on the invite roster right now for Russia is because he's injured, right? Like, I think that's the reason why he's not going to this camp. He would have came in with an injury, He's still not playing games yet. So I don't think, I think that that's a huge mm-hmm. reason why he's not on this list because you mentioned it. Larry Onoff was very, you know, praised Zlodiev quite a bit after yep. that Karyala Cup. And he played minutes in that final game for Russia. He was, even though he was used as an extra forward for the first few games, but he played regular minutes in the final game. He looked good. And I think that if he doesn't get injured, um, and I believe the injury happened in his first game back from the Karyala Cup. So I think that he was injured in that. He hasn't came back yet just about a week away from when we should be expecting him to get back into action. So unfortunately, uh, with Russia's camp starting up on Sunday this weekend, I don't think that we would have seen him anyways. So I think that actually plays a part in it as well. I would have, I would not have been surprised to see him on that preliminary roster anyways, because the, just because of the fact that he was at the Karjala Cup. So um, yeah, I, I think that's kind of the reason why he's actually not on this roster mm-hmm. is due to the injury. And I think he's a lock for sure next year. Yeah, but you know who is on the roster this year, Chris, is Vasily Podkolzin. And people have heard us talk about him more than enough on this show. He's going to be a beast at the World Juniors. And it kind of segues, per- I mean, you probably may want to talk about a few more players, but it, it this kind of segues perfectly into Jim Benning's comments. You know, Jim Benning came out the other day and said, Podkolzin's a guy we can see playing with Horvat and Pearson. And I think that's just like, you know, people who've been listening to this show know that's where you and I keep talking about him. Like, we're not saying so much, oh, he's going to be a great winger for Pedersen. Like, we both kind of see him on the Horvat-Pearson line. Like, you know, he's strong defensively. He could maybe develop into playing those matchup minutes and just be a spark plug, right? And I think, you know, he plays a very similar style to Bo Horvat in that he never really takes a shift off and is just like, he's really strong. He's really strong away from the puck and with the puck. Like, it's hard to knock Bo Horvat off the puck. The same can be said for Vasily Pod. Yeah, and I think that, um, you know, just looking at Vasily Podkolzin, like the ceiling for him is a first line power forward. Uh, the floor for him happens to be just like a third line grinder, right? Like that's the floor. So, mm-hmm. you know, with that taken into consideration, somewhere in the middle looks like a second line winger who can contribute, right? And bring some offense, be a penalty killer. Like that's huge for the Vancouver Canucks moving forward. If they can actually have a guy in their top six that kills penalties, because looking at it right now, like none of those guys do or should kill penalties with the way that they play in this lineup. I mean, you'll see JT Miller do it at times. You'll see Tanner Pearson do it at times, but aside from that, all the penalty killers are in the bottom six. So it forces your bottom six to kind of be more of, you know, these, these Brandon Sutter and Jay Beagle type guys. And when Vasily Pod Colson comes in, he's just a completely different type of player where he's going to be able to play in a top six and be a penalty killer and be a power play guy. Like he's going to be able to do everything for them. And uh, yeah, I've said it for a long time. I, I do think that he's going to be the best player at this year's world junior championships. I think he's going to be uh, just physically stronger. I think he's going to be better than, you know, 
bigger and stronger than every single player in this tournament. And I think he's going to use that to his advantage and absolutely dominate from game one to potentially the gold medal game where Russia could be in it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's not much else. Jim's comments were kind of interesting. You know, Michael Furlan's not healthy. That's the other thing. There's not too much to talk about there. You just, you hope that if he does come back, he's really making the right decision here. You know, I don't want to speak too much on it because, you know, you know, I've done a lot of research and talked to concussion specialists and, you know, they all say this is a treatable injury and he should be able to come back. So it also makes you start to wonder, like, you know, what's really going on here? Like, has he really not gotten the proper treatment? Has it just been, you know, the same standard concussion protocol when clearly he needs more than that? I don't know, man. Like, I don't want to talk too much about concussions and furland right now because it's just like, you know, this is the dude's like yeah. livelihood and you hope that, you know, if he retires, he's still set up to, you know, to live a happy life with his, his wife and his kids, and right? That, so, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't want to talk about it That was the quote much. from Jim Benning as well. This is the quote here. He's dealing with our doctors. I don't think that if the season were to start right now, he would be starting. But he is continuing to work through the issues he has. For now, we are just hoping he feels better and can continue on with his life. And then we will see where it goes and if he is able to play again or not. So, yeah, I mean... The, the thing that they're focused on right now is continuing on with a healthy life, right? So let's let's worry about that first. Hockey is down the road, and yeah, I you know it would not be a bad thing at all for him to to not play hockey anymore. It, if that's if it's going to be putting him at risk for anything more to his head, like you don't mess around with the head, right? That's that's <laughs> that's a muscle that you can't really repair. Yeah. Um, so I would I would not be worried yeah. about him if he retires. I mean that's that's unfortunate the way that it's played out, but it happens to certain players. So um, I don't think we'll be seeing Furlan anytime soon. So, um, you know, and people always want to hear about, oh, what does that mean for the cap? Like, I remember the the guys on the radio immediately asked them that. It's like, all right, let's, <clears throat> let's just take a big breather here first and let's like, let's figure out this guy if he's okay <laughs> or not to be able to hold his kids in 20 years, you know, and then let's, let's worry about hockey and the cap and everything later. So I don't really want to jump into it as well. Similar yep. to you. Let's, let's wait and see how that one plays out. Um, he did mention uh, Jim Benning in that conversation on Sportsnet 650. He did talk about um, Jake Rotanen as well and how he gave him some tough love at the end of the year. But he's a guy, and he said he was he's one of Jake's biggest believers. Um, you know, So I, I'm right in that boat with Jim, I guess, since I'm a Vertanen uh, truther, as you know. Um, yeah. So I, I, I think that it's strange because it was something else that was talked about in the interview was um, Benning mentioned the lotto line. like He mentioned that trio together. And for me, it just mm-hmm. it feels like if you are going to give Jake the best opportunity, it's got to be with JT Miller and Elias Pettersson, you know, and that's just, I don't know, the top six conversation is going to be so strange because you, you like the lotto line's so damn good. Like they're one of the best leagues in the NHL when they're going, but the top six for the Vancouver Canucks is better as a whole in my eyes with Jake Vertanen playing with Pettersson and then Bo Horvat rounding out some more offense with Brock Besser on his wing. So I don't know where you stand on that right now, specifically after hearing what Benning said about Vertanen. Yeah, I don't know, man, because we we know that the Horvat-Pearson-Vertanen experiment just has not worked for the Canucks yet. So, you know, do we see it again? Like, I'm really curious to see what Travis Green does, because another thing in this, and you hope this isn't the case, but what if Jake just shows up to camp again and isn't ready to go like what does it look like at that point because then it's like who's your guy tyler mott is that the guy who has to go yeah. into the top six and play on the horvat Man, it, line? it can't happen like it, it can't happen one more time 
Like, it can't happen. Jake has to be in shape at camp this year. But what if it does? What's the plan, Chris? Like, I, that's what I'm trying to look at is, like, you're right. It can't happen. It shouldn't happen. But guess what? It shouldn't have happened twice last year. But it did. Vertanen had so much time to get ready for the second camp. And the first camp, for that matter. And it just didn't yep. happen. So, you know, maybe the tough love, and, you know, like I joked around for so long, is Jim Benny reading Vertanen's eulogy at the end of the season on Sportsnet. Man, like, is this finally when he gets it? But it's like, how long are we going to talk about this, Chris? Because, yeah, you're right. It can't happen, but it has so many times. So what if it does again? Like, who's to say it won't happen again? If it does, what's the plan? That's what I'm asking. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't even want to start devising a plan for that because that's a really unfortunate spot to put yourself in with what you have to put into the top six. Like the next plan for me, like is giving a guy like Niels Huglander a shot, right? Like that's yeah. that's like the next plan for me because of looking at what you want to actually have in a top six in the NHL. You want to have some skill, some creativity, and some speed. And if you look at the rest of that group that's going to be competing for a spot. If Jake can't figure it out, like Niels Huglander is my next guy to try out in the Canucks top six. Very bold take. I'm really excited to watch this kid play at training camp, man. Like, also, last thing before we cut to break, and it kind of talks about, it's kind of... Oh, we got some more. We got some more to get into. Okay, before... Okay, Who's who's hosting this damn episode, Quads? Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. You're right, you're right. We're co-hosts, we're co-hosts, but you're right, you're right. Yeah, yeah. The last thing, the last thing I want to say about Hoglander, though, is, okay, so Marcus Naslin joined Jason Greger on TSN 1260 in Edmonton, and he had some really interesting things to say. You know, I wrote about it, he talked about Mike Keenan, which was really interesting, but we're not going to talk about that. What I want to talk about is Naslin talking about developing youth hockey players and kind of what the system's like in Sweden. And he made a point of mentioning that in Sweden, they focus a lot on individual skills and a lot on, you know, developing individual players, right? Rather than in Canada, we see more like team building and like, oh, we've got to, we've got to do this, this. And it's like more games in Sweden. It's more practices. And I think you also see that a bit in the USHL and with the, you know, with the US hockey league program, like you see a lot of individually talented players, but you know, Canada's always a force at the world juniors, um, despite not having maybe the highest pedigree player in the draft every single year, you know, uh, Lafreniere, um, aside, but you know, that's kind of what I'm thinking is like, you know, if they practice more and you and I have both said, well, you've said it more. I just kind of piggyback off you here, but Hoglander's a guy who really shows well in practices, right? So, He's a real good training camp player. I think he might have a shot to really catch the eye of everybody at training camp. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how it relates to a game. But man, this is a confident kid. Isn't he? Like, you look at him playing the SHL. He's trying lacrosse goals. Like, he's got some sweet hands, man. Even to get the puck on his stick to attempt the lacrosse goal. the How quick he did it in that last game where you wrote about how quick he did that was just phenomenal. And the confidence on this kid is ridiculous. I am very excited to get a good look at him. Yeah, and I think it's it's an interesting situation with the prospect because, listen, you can come into camp as a young kid and and shine, right? And be a guy that's like, oh, wow, he did enough to make our team, right? Like, that's what a lot of young players can do. But I think with all of the talk that Niels Hunglander is already getting from Jim Benning, 
Like, I do think that there's even more of a chance of him making this roster, just the way that they're talking about him. Um, and, the, and I do think that that's just going to improve. And I think we're going to hear even more about Niels Huglander during camp because you're hearing about him a lot right now from Benning as he was mentioned multiple times in this interview with Sportsnet. And from there on, like you said, he's going to be a kid who's going to shine at camp. He stuck out at every at the prospects camp that he attended with the Vancouver Canucks a couple years ago. Um, and I just think that he's going to be even better once you get on NHL ice and he's making passes with NHL players. He's dominant in the SHL for possession right now. He's a top five player in the SHL for Corsi and controlling the controlling the puck possession numbers. So, like, this isn't just a young kid who can who can do a, a move from behind the net like better than anybody yeah. in the world. Like, he's also a guy who drives play. And the thing is, like, I I forget who I was talking this about with Niels Huggler, and I was comparing him with Vasily Podkolzin. And the thing that Niels Huglander does so well to have such high possession numbers is is completely opposite to Pod Colson. Like the way that Huglander it keeps his possession numbers so high is the way that he's able to extend plays and make the extra pass in the offensive zone. Something that I loved Nikolai Goldobin on the Vancouver Canucks because he mm-hmm. did that with Elias Pettersson. He was able to make extra passes and make the goaltender just be completely out of position to open up a lot of spots for Pettersson to bury those shots. Niels Huglander isn't a guy who has an absolutely ridiculous shot like Elias Pettersson has developed into, but he's a playmaking type of guy who's going to be on the boards driving hard. The only thing that worries me, and it's too bad because this is the thing that a lot of people are going to say about him, but he's still, he's small. Like, he's a small player. He's not very big. He doesn't look very big at the SHL level. There was a clip of him, uh, I think he went over and talked to Maurice Sider, uh, the teammate and prospect of the um, Detroit Red Wings. Yeah. Um, and he was standing beside him, and I was like, oh, yeah, like, he's definitely 5'9". Like, when uh, when he was standing up beside Maurice Sider, who's, I think, like, 6'3 or 6'2". Yeah. So, that's the only thing that's going to hurt him. But I think if he's on a line with Elias Pettersson and JT Miller, he's going to bring as much forechecking prowess as both of those players do. And I think that he's going to help improve them in the offensive zone just because of how creative he is and the passing ability that he has. Like, that's what's going to be so great. And and since I mentioned it, I might as well just say, like, what Pod Colson, like, because Pod Colson has great Corsi numbers as well. And a lot of people don't really understand, like, people understand what Corsi is, but I don't think they understand how they get to a point. Like, the thing that Hoglander doesn't do so great is retrieve the puck in his own defensive zone. Like, he's not great at that for sure. When he's in his own zone, he's fine at covering point shots, but he's not... He's not going to block a ton of shots. He's not going to break up a lot of passes. But if he gets involved on the boards, that's when he's pretty good because he's really good with having a stick like in tight and moving his feet for the puck. The thing that Pod Colson does on the opposite is Pod Colson is just a hound in the defensive zone, right? Like if the puck goes in the corner, Pod Colson's right there, body on him, stick on him. He's getting the puck away from that guy. If the puck's at the point, Pod Colson's all over him, taking away a passing lane while also getting ready to block a shot. And when the shot's taken, he blocks it. And then he moves the puck so well through the neutral zone that that's why his Corsi is so high. He's not as good as Pod Colson, or sorry, Pod Colson isn't as good as Huglander in the offensive zone at like keeping the offensive play going, mm-hmm. extending it, making good passes, having a good cycle. Like that part of Pod Colson's game is definitely weaker than Huglander's, but that's why the players are so different. Like it, Pod Colson dominates that first two thirds of the ice when Hoglander dominates that first, or sorry, that third third of the ice, right? Like in the offensive zone, that's where he just dominates. So that's why I just love these. I love both of these prospects coming in because they really can fit in with what the Canucks need. Because if both of these players pan out, Jake Vertanen could be a third line winger, and that's a good spot for him, if you ask me, if they could start to make a third line that actually creates some offense. 
Yeah, and the fact that both of these guys are going to be on ELCs, like, that's really good for the Canucks. Like, that is so good for the Canucks long-term, especially when you look at, you know, their upcoming off-seasons, even the one coming up. Like, you know, you've got Demko, Pedersen, and Hughes. Like, this isn't going to be a cakewalk for the Canucks next off-season either because, remember, you know, Beagle's still got two years. Roussel's still got two years. You know, Sutter's coming off the books, which will really help. But even Louie, like, two more years left on that contract. I don't have much else to say about it, but I think it's going to be really beneficial that even a guy like Jack Rathbone is going to be on an ELC for the Canucks. Yeah, it's definitely a good spot with a lot of these ELCs guys potentially jumping in and making impacts very early on. Um, Some of those guys that might end up doing that down the road a little bit, but we didn't cover them yet. But I do want to just wrap up before we go to break here um, with the other two prospects that did make their team. They both made Team Sweden's preliminary roster. One is a lock in my eyes to make the team for the tournament. The other one, he's fighting for a position, and I really hope he has a good camp. Um, So let's start with a guy who's a lock. um, And I'm going to have a lot more. Coming up on Arvid Kosmar, who we're about to get into here. He was selected. He was the Vancouver Canucks' seventh-round pick, I believe, two years ago, the 2019 draft. Um, so another good – He could maybe it was a sixth-round. No, he was a seventh-round pick. Um, and so, yeah, I got a ton of tape of him just sent to my email. Like, as, as we started recording this, I saw the email pop up, so I'm very happy. I got some full games, and they're clipped for me all beautifully, just shifts. I can't wait to get into that. Um, so I'm going to be pumping out something on Canucks Army Huge – on Arvid Kosmar coming up soon. And what he's going to do is he's going to be a center on a team that has a bunch of skilled wingers. He's going to kill penalties. He's going to get power play time. I think he's going to shock a lot of people. We got to see Kosmar play against Regle because um, they played against Huglander's team just earlier this week. I believe it was Thursday. Um, and we got to see them play against each other. And I'll tell you, like Kosmar was excellent at going back and forth in a two-way game he was a guy who was you know good in his defensive zone breaking up pucks throwing gloves in opponents faces like he was a guy that was pissing off a lot of people on the ice Um, and I think if you're doing that at a pro level I think you bring that type of confidence to a world juniors like this kid's gonna I think shock a few people this year at this camp because he's gonna be playing or at this tournament sorry he's gonna be playing with some very skilled wingers that can score a lot of goals and if he just has the puck on his stick and can get it to those guys and help in a cycle I think that um, I think a lot of people are going to be talking about Kosmar a little bit more by the end of this tournament. Yeah, he's kind of a player that's flown under the radar, I think, for a lot of people. Even me, like when we were doing the draft rankings, you know, like I think I had him like either off the, my list completely or like 16th. I had him low because he kind of is someone I kind of forgot about. You know what I mean? But you're, you're absolutely right. Like what he's doing right now is going to be huge for him. Like, you know, that, that alone should boost his draft ranking a bit. But, you know, when you talk about what he's going to do at the World Juniors, like as a second line center, he's going to be someone we watch a lot of. Because, man, like Elias Pettersson was a second line center for Sweden not too long ago with the World Juniors. And it's just there's going to be a lot of eyes on him, on him. And I'm really excited to see what he can do. Yeah, it's a great showcase tournament for a guy who's going to be playing a lot of minutes and in a top-end role. So we're hoping for him. And like we said, pretty sure he's a lock to make this team. But let's talk about the other guy, uh, Victor Persson, who was absolutely ecstatic when I was texting back and forth with him about making the team. As I think I tweeted out, there was like two smiley emojis in every single text that he sent. He was jacked up to make that team. He said it was something that he dreamed about, and it was something that he's super excited for. Still on the bubble, though. He's got a lot of work to make it in there. I know that I saw a quote from the coach of Sweden saying, that he's in the mix right now for the 6-7 spot, 
which is good to hear. Um, he's going to be a guy who's going to have to be able to kill some penalties, potentially get some power play time, but uh, I think they have some pretty good defensemen to play some offensive roles, so I don't think he'll get some time there. But if he can you know, contribute a little bit offensively at 5-on-5 and maybe do some penalty killing, I think there's a spot for him on that Swedish team whose defense core, like, they have some. They have a couple of really high end defensemen, but at the same time, they they're bottom four. Like there's there's spots for him to win them if he looks good enough in camp. And I do think that there's an opportunity for him to do that. And I just hope that he can get into that tournament because that would be huge for him. And then he's already in North America, comes over to the Blazers next week and starts ripping up the dub. So um, I'm all for Victor Persson. You know, I'm a huge fan of him. Uh, I know you are as well. There's something about the way that he plays and the size that he has that you, that Canucks fans should be really excited about. Yeah, absolutely. I man, I I think it's it's great that they hit on so many late late prospects in this year's draft and even even the drafts before. Like, you know, hitting on these guys is huge and just even if they, you know, they're just guys we can talk about, which is great because I mean with, you know, with a guy like Utenin and uh, you know, even Kosmart, we just can't really talk about him much during the season, but man, like Zlodiev and Pearson, you've been all over that and I'm so excited to see him play in Kamloops. Like so excited. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just pumped for that too. So uh, that basically wraps it up. Uh, so we're going to have some fun on the other side of the break. We we put out a call for questions. We got, um, looking at it right now, 19 questions. I don't know if we're going to get to them all. We'll maybe pick out a few of our favorites. Uh, we appreciate you guys sending in all the questions. Uh, so we'll get to sort of a mailbag for the second half here of the episode. And then we're going to do a little bit of wrap-up. I talked to Niels Huglander uh, this week, and we'll kind of just mention what I talked to him about. Um, and then we'll do a little bit more of a prospects thing if there's anybody else we want to dive into. And I know you want to talk about your boy, Blomquist. So we'll get into that later on in the episode. I'll give you 30 seconds and that's it. <laughs> uh, so let's cut to ads here. And you guys can hear from a couple of new ads now on the show from our new sponsors, Parallel 4.9 Beer and Odd Shark. Zephyr Epic is Canada's source for trading card games and sports cards. They ship free anywhere in Canada on orders over $50, and you can use promo code Hockey Season with a capital H and a capital S, all one word, Hockey Season, to get $5 off your order exclusively for Canucks Conversation podcast listeners. Be sure to join them live on Twitch for epic case break openings. Follow them on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at Zephyr Epic, Z-E-P-H-Y-R, Epic, on all platforms. And before we go any further, just want to give a quick shout out to one of the sponsors of the Canucks Conversation, Mike's Heart Lemonade. And if you guys are looking for a zero sugar, zero carbs, and also 7% vodka drink, look no further than Mike's Harder Zero. They have three different flavors right now, lemon, lime, and cherry, with apparently more flavors just around the corner. Uh, so with zero sugar, zero carbs, natural flavors, and 7% vodka, this crisp vodka soda packs the perfect amount of juicy, tart flavor with a bit more vodka. So you only got to drink two of these to get drunk quads. That's exciting for you. Oddsshark.com. It is your home for odds, futures, picks, and consensus, and the top sports books in Canada. They also have a lot of editorial information, a lot of blog posts. Right now on their site, you can read NHL Calder Trophy odds. They have Igor Shesterkin as the favorite to win the Calder. Now, while this is an advertisement that I'm recording alone, Chris and I are definitely going to talk about this because they've released the odds. It's plus 175 for Shesterkin, plus 375 for Lafreniere, and plus 400 for Kaprasov, who Chris believes is going to win the Calder. So we'll talk about that. But this is all coming to you from oddshark.com. Go check them out. You can check out all the latest betting odds and everything you need to know to make the best pick possible. 
please visit oddshark.com. And before we go any further in the episode, just want to give a quick shout out to the returning sponsor of the Canucks Conversation podcast. That's Parallel 49 Beer back on board for another winter season here. Be sure to check out some of their brand new winter beers that have just come out. The one that is on the shelf right now, and I highly recommend trying, even though I haven't tried it yet. It just sounds really cool, is a new jelly donut beer that they have coming out. It is already on shelves in BC and Alberta. Go check it out at your closest BC liquor store for all of your British Columbian. It's out there, and I'm going to go definitely try mine this weekend and i'm going to get uh, a review on the show about the jelly donut ale uh, which i'm very excited for so be sure to follow them along at parallel 49 beer on all of your social medias all right and a big thank you to our sponsors including our two new ones now as well parallels jumping back on board and odd shark as well with our friends at canucks army so we're stoked to get them back on board quads you know what's been fun this week what what is what do you think what's been fun this week for you uh the nice weather Warzone, I don't know. Class being over? Yeah, well, yeah I don't know. Warzone's it's been a tough week for us. But um at the same time, I think it's been pretty fun on Twitter seeing all these Spotify unwrap lists comes out and seeing Canucks conversation above the Vancast on multiple lists. That's making me pretty happy. <laughs> yes, that's true. That is nice. But I'm sure there's people tweeting the Vancast too and saying that they're the top podcast for them, but I don't think people are tagging us and saying, "Oh, look, the Vancast is my favorite podcast." But you're right. It's been cool. It's been cool seeing our faces on uh people's top listened to podcasts. So thank you so much to our loyal listeners. Yeah, it's uh, it's been pretty awesome. See, I don't use Spotify that much. Uh, are you much? Of, yeah, you're an Apple podcast guy, Apple Music guy, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. It's well, Apple's got to figure it out then. Get us uh, get us one of those lists because I'm curious to see the ones that I've listened to the most because I think I if it goes by plays, it's probably this show because like I always play it to make sure that it like plays, but I don't actually listen normally back to the podcast. Yeah. So I'm really curious to like you know how much. I listen to podcasts. Like I listen to every single podcast out there um, for the Canucks specifically. Anyways, I don't listen to a lot of other podcasts, but I, I'm curious to see what my top five would be. Mine is hands down the Vancast, and then definitely the Broadcast next. Actually, let me look at my podcast. I'll look right now. This is a this is almost a variation of the part of the show where I always research stuff while we're recording. Yeah. So Halford is. and Bruff. I don't know if you count that. Um, Office Ladies, I listen to a lot. I really like Office I Ladies. I saw that pop up on a lot of lists. That's I know that a lot of people have talked about that show. I've never gotten into it, though. It's Can good. you explain it a little bit for people that don't know what it is? Because there's a lot of people yeah, that love The Office. For sure. So Angela Kinsey and Jenna Fisher of The Office uh, play Angela and Pam, respectively. Uh, they are doing a podcast together where they go rewatch all the old episodes of The Office in order. And they're talking about each episode. They have guests on, like different actors from the show, different producers. And they just kind of talk about the production process and what it was like actually being on set. You know, it, it's really interesting. And I think if you're an Office fan and you've seen the whole series... I I think it's definitely a series uh, of podcasts that you'll really like. You'll really enjoy it. I, I know I have. And I think, uh, yeah, I think even you, Chris, you'd really like it. You like The Office. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was thinking about getting into it. I, like, I've been lately, because I've been driving into Vancouver a decent amount to get to Sportsnet and back. Like, I've I've needed to, to boost my, like, I'm getting to the point where it's like, oh, do I want to listen to a podcast that's 10 days old now that I haven't like didn't get a chance to listen to at the time because like I'm all caught up on everything right now so I need one extra one to kind of boost in the repertoire so I think that might be the one because I've seen it pop up a lot in the unwrapped uh pictures that people were posting and here's the thing is like you don't need to listen to these in order like if you have a favorite episode let's say dinner party that's one a lot of people really like if you go listen to the dinner party episode 
like you'll really enjoy it. Like you will really enjoy it. You don't need yeah. to listen to all of them in order. You can just pick your favorite episode. And now they haven't gotten to dinner party yet. Uh, but you know, they're only on season three. I think the last one they did is fun run. But like, for example, one that I really, really, really enjoyed when I listened to it was like really early on. And it was the casino night. And for example, that one yeah. is, you know, Jim and Pam's like first kiss. And it's a big deal. Like that was a big episode. And their guest is John Krasinski. So, you know, the guest on that episode is Jim and it's just, I don't know. It's really interesting to kind of see how it all works. Steve Carell has not been on the show yet, which makes me very upset. Uh, I, they haven't really <laughs> talked about it much. Like, you know, he's a good friend of theirs. I'm assuming he's just really busy, but yeah, Steve Carell has not been on the show yet. At least not that I can remember. But like, yeah, like even there's an episode, I think I can't remember which episode it is, but they have BJ Novak who plays Ryan and rain Wilson who plays Dwight on the same episode. And I don't know, that's just so cool to me. And like they had Creed Creed Bratton actually does the intro music to the show, which is really cool. I don't know, man. It's just, it's, it's cool, man. It's, it's cool. Yeah. It's uh it's definitely something I'll have to check out for sure. And the other thing I want to talk about before we get into the mailbag, just like an off topic thing. Um, how's your Christmas shopping going so far? Good. I am all done. I am like You're all, all done? done and I'm stoked about it. That's good. I went today to get some final things. My stepmom likes, um, three wick candles or tri wick candles. I call them tri wicks. I put out a, okay. put out a poll today okay. and people are way off about before that. You, before you, before you continue. So you put that poll out and I voted for three wick cause that's the correct pronunciation and that's how it's actually said. But I knew, I just knew cause every time you put out a poll being like, is it this or this? I always know that you're going to be in the minority. Like you always think it's the wrong one. I just think that Triwick sounds way better for a candle <laughs> than tr- what's the what do you call it three wick three wick candle no Triwick sounds way better Triwick sounds like a dinosaur almost sounds way better but it's a candle not a dinosaur so so anyways I went to go get some Triwick <laughs> candles today because Bath and Body Works has a massive sale it's like their candle day sale today Ooh. that I learned so these three wick candles which are normally like 20 25 bucks they were on sale for 11 bucks. So I'm like, okay, I'll go to the mall, see if I can get some. Uh, this is what my stepmom wants. I get her it like every year. She loves the candles, get her some bath stuff, and she's good. So I went out today to buy some, and I went to the Willowbrook Mall, I believe is where it is. Mm-hmm. So I'm in the Willowbrook Mall, all masked up, of course, and I'm looking, and there's like a line. It's like six people. So I'm like, ah, I was like, six people do it? It's like, is it really worth it? So I was like, okay. I was like, I was thinking, I was contemplating six people at first, and I was like, yeah, uh, I was like, fine, I'll go stand in line. So I go stand in the line, and some lady comes up to me, and she's like, oh, actually, you have to go to the other line over there to get into this line. So I'm like, okay. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm walking to the next line, and I see six more people in that line. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm not doing this. I'm just going to Winners instead. Like, they have three-wick candles anyway, so I'm just going to get those. So I'm walking towards Winners, and then I get to around the corner, and after those two lines of six is a line of, like, another 40. Like, going all the way down this full row of the mall. And I guess, like, the lineup for these these three-wick candles from Bath & Body Works. Like, today's the one-day sale that they have. It's a huge sale, I guess. And the lineup was ridiculous. I don't think I've ever seen a lineup like that since, like, I went to the Halo 3 premiere. Like, on oh. opening day when they released Halo 3. Like, that was the last time I've seen a lineup that big to buy something like that. 
So I went to Winners and I paid $12 for a three-way candle. So I paid a dollar more than everyone else did. And I got some pretty solid candles at Winners without waiting in a lineup. And they smell pretty damn good. So I'm happy with that. I don't think I have much more left for Christmas myself either. And normally, like, I'm a guy who started shopping on Christmas Eve before. Like, started on Christmas Eve. So having it all done this early, like, it's kind of weird. Because it feels like you want to, like keep buying stuff but it's like i'm also not uh not rich either so i probably shouldn't so i'm like calling it right now i think i'm done for christmas yeah i'm i might go get something else for my brother but i think i've got most of my bases covered i still gotta get your present i have a few things in mind for you you bought me a hockey helmet which is hilarious because you gave it to me so early i thought you were gonna wrap it but you just brought it came to my house you're like hey i have your christmas present i was like oh you want me to open it now and it's a hockey helmet because you saw me go skating without a helmet on and you wanted me to wear one so you bought me a Disgusting. helmet. Disgusting. That's why I bought you a helmet for Christmas. Yes. I skating actually fell, too. Helmet. I fell yeah, when I was I skating. It was pretty funny. You gotta protect that brain of yours, Quads. I'm nothing without it, so I need to... <laughs> need to. It's more of an investment on my part than it is even on you. So. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to the mailbag. Uh, you know what? We're going to keep it... We talked a lot of Canucks in the first half of the show, so let's go with some non-Canucks questions here. Um, let's go with Pratiba Sharma is the first question I see here, Quads. Which fictional character would you most like to be friends with in real life and why? Fictional character. So just from like a TV show? That's what I'm wondering. Is it, is it just like a cartoon character or is it a fictional like as in like a television show? What do you want to do here? You want to do one for each? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. Okay. So let's get started with – let's go with cartoon first. Let's start with a cartoon character that you would most likely be, be friends with in real life. Okay, I'd really like to be friends with Patrick Starr. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Mm. You know? That's like, I think one. I'd really enjoy that friendship. Uh, and, I mean, animated characters? I don't know. Like, I don't know if you count Miles Morales, but I don't know if you've watched Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, but it is excellent. And I just right. finished the Miles Morales game. I'd love to be friends with Miles Morales. Like, that'd be so okay. cool. That's good. My, my animated character... Well, I'm going to go with... I don't know his last name, but Dexter from Dexter's Laboratory. Is this a show that was before your time, Quads? No, I know Dexter's, yeah. Okay, I feel like that would be pretty cool. Dude's got a laboratory. Yeah. It, That's my only Johnny real Test. It'd be cool to be friends with like, Johnny Test or Phineas and Ferb. No, I'm getting yeah, into fin- the time be- after you, right? Yeah, I don't know those. I thought you said Johnny Bravo at first. I know who that is. No, no, Johnny Test. You don't know Johnny Test. Okay. That's fair. I don't know Johnny Test. Okay, let's go with fictional. So anybody from like a television show, I guess, or or a movie is now what we're going with. So let's answer this question in two parts. I'd like to be friends with uh, the cast of iCarly in the show. I would be a great right. addition to iCarly. Like, you know, Gibby, Freddy, you don't know any of the characters I'm mentioning, Sam, Carly. Like, that was my show growing up. And, you know, Miranda Cosgrove, the star, the one that follows me on Twitter, the one I was very stoked about following me on Twitter because she's, like, my child crush for the longest time. What's the uh, what's the update on shooting uh, slide into her DMs there, Quads? Uh, it did not work. She has not replied, but she also hasn't blocked me or unfollowed me, so maybe she just hasn't seen it yet. <laughs> you send, uh, send some of those... Uh, dating app pictures to her quads. Any of the the, the good Actually, clean cut pictures? I went with a different method. I didn't. Uh, I didn't. Uh, I didn't send any photos of myself. Maybe that's where I went wrong. Maybe that's where I went right. Who knows, man? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> maybe I was smart not to send any photos of myself. I'm struggling to answer this. I think like a fictional character. Like I'm trying to think of somebody from like a movie, but it's so you have to be friends with them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. You know, like. 
at the time, Bruce Almighty would be pretty good. Like, being friends with God might be pretty chill. Ooh, uh, you probably get some things your way, like the lottery ticket. Uh, the fact that he helped the Buffalo Sabres win a Stanley Cup in that movie. Maybe he could help the Canucks win one here. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with Bruce Almighty, I think. I, don't, I forget his last name in the movie now, but uh, anyways, that's who I would go with. That's um, fair. All right, you got a question you want to pick out here, Quads? We'll get to a few of them each. Yes, this is my favorite question by far. It's from Clarissa, who's a colleague of ours at Canucks Army. If you switched bodies with each other, what would you do first? Now, I'll go first because I want to give you some time to think about what you'd do in my body. But if I was if I was you for a day, and I'm not even a big, like, you know, I'm not an angry person. I don't fight. I'm not a big, like, you know, I guess I have a temper, but that's just because I'm Italian. But, like, I would definitely go to a bar. Oh, me, Get into a fight with the second biggest person in there. Because I know for sure I'd be the biggest person in there. Uh, And I think I would just go to different public places and see what it's like to just be, you know, the biggest person in every room I walk into. So I think that's probably what I'd do. You don't, yeah, you don't get to do it so much anymore. But every time I went to the grocery store before pandemic hit, like you're helping an old lady grab her favorite cereal from the top shelf. Like that's, that's a good feeling. Yeah. That use your height like, for oh, good. this is so easy for me, you know, to do. Oh man. So yeah, that's, that's one thing. Being tall has its advantages, but, um, some disadvantages. Well, I, 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 I didn't even really think about this. You mentioned this before we started recording. Um, for you, if I were to switch into your body, man, the first thing I would do is go to one of those trampoline parks. You know those those little, uh, I don't know if they even have them here. They have yeah. one in, on Vancouver Island. So it's like a trampoline park. They have basketball nets and go jump around. I feel like me jumping my 300-pound ass around on a trampoline is going to be a hell of a lot of work. But taking your 140-pound body yeah. and jumping on trampolines would be excellent. Like I'll probably get more bounce with my weight. But with your body, I feel like just flying through the air would be a lot easier. Uh, than it would be with mine. So I'd go to a trampoline park. That's what I would do. You're actually very close to guessing my actual weight, but I've gained a lot of weight, as you know, because I've been trying to and working out a lot (laughs) since quarantine. But you know I was like 120 in March, and I was just like, okay, I just want to be, I want to be a little bit wider than that. So I started working out. I'm at Club 16, Trevor Linden Fitness Baby. I got to see if I can get Trevor on the podcast now. Like, hey, I, uh, you know, I go to your gyms. Can you uh, come on our podcast? Yeah, I'm sure that's worked for other people too. So yeah, you might as well try it. The uh, the weird thing for me is like to think that like if I go look at myself in like a full mirror and I like I can cut myself in half directly down the middle, and each one of those will be heavier than you. Like that yes. that's so weird to me. <laughs> well, wait, how much do you weigh? If you're comfortable like, saying, a little over 300, I'd say. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Because I'm like 148 right now. <laughs> so yes. Yeah. So you're I correct. Can... I mean, yeah, each side of me would weigh more than you, which is insane. Um, Okay, speaking of gaining weight as well, uh, we have a question from Ben Campbell 71 What is your favorite type of cheese? And I'm I'm interested to get this one from you, Quads, because Italians, they know their cheeses. So um, be be specific here. Don't just say, you know, old cheddar. I don't want to hear that. Yeah, I wouldn't say that. Um, So it depends what you're doing. So like for me, I eat a lot of sandwiches, right? So it's got to be Havarti. Like you can't, that's Havarti is the one you put in your sandwiches. If you're having cold cuts, you put Havarti in your sandwich and it's not even close really. So yeah, I'd say Havarti. I probably do the most with Havarti, but man, Tex-Mex on, uh, on nachos, you just, you can't beat it. So it depends what, but I'll say Havarti because I probably use it more than anything because I eat a lot of sandwiches. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. I'm uh, so I've gotten this cheese a few times from the Granville Island Market. Um, it is called Mimolette or Mimolette. Do you know? Is this like an no. Italian? Like, are you gonna know any of this at all? No. So it it's may like be an Italian, old, but I've never heard of it. 
I think it's a Dutch Gouda, but it comes out and it's like bright orange and it sort of has like hints of caramel. It's sort of like a Gouda cheese, but a little bit older. Um, it's very, very yellow, like bright yellow, almost orange. And it's, it's got like a lot of smell to it, but like a lot of like, almost like a whiskey caramel flavor to it. I'm obsessed with it. I have some in here, but it's like, the problem is like a hundred grams of it is like $9 and 49 cents. So, like, I'll just get myself, like, a 150-gram little slice of it, and, like, that'll keep me good for a week. I'll slice, like, the tiniest little bits, put them on a bagel. Absolutely delicious. It's, like, my go-to cheese. But I just, I don't get it enough because I don't go to the Granville Island market a lot. Uh, but when I do go, uh, you better believe I'm coming back with 150 grams of mimolette or mimolette. I'm not sure I'd have to say it, to be honest. Huh. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Huh. I, I never right, heard of go. it. I've never heard of it. I'll, I'll I'll have to bring you some, but not much. I'll bring you like ten grams because that's like a dollar worth right there. So, <laughs> one little slice for you. Uh, all right, you got a question that you want to get to? Yeah, actually. Okay, so this this person says favorite TV show slash movie, and you know I already have my answer for this. So my favorite TV show. I'm watching Shit's Creek right now. I really like it. But my favorite TV show of all time is The Office, uh, and you know. I really like Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I've watched a lot of it. I've watched Modern Family front to back. It's a great show as well. We've got some really good television recently, I've realized. Uh, but Shit's Creek, I'm really enjoying. My favorite movie, that's a bit tougher for me. Like, man, I don't know. Like, it, it's got to be The Godfather just because I've, you know, I've watched it so many times. And it's just like, I associate that movie with, like, watching it with my grandpa. I, you know, this is like you know, one of the first years where we haven't been able to watch it. We've watched it, you know, for like th- the past three or four years, I think every year we've watched it. And, uh, you know, funny story about that. The first time we watched it, I was like 16, 15, I think. And like, I'd already watched the movie, but I hadn't watched it with him. So he has it on VHS. Um, and we went to watch it on his big TV or whatever, but it's through a VHS player and we put it in and it had to i had to rewind the whole thing okay and it's a long movie and then i watch it with them uh i went over one day and we watched it and then i fin- we finished the first one and then you know i got up and i'm like okay i'm going to head out and he was like oh what about the next one i was like oh i mean we'll watch it later the guy wanted to watch all three movies in succession like he wanted to make a day of watching all three of the movies and i was like man i can't i can't handle this like i can't do all of it in one day but yeah that's that's how he wanted to watch it like he wanted to watch all three of them at the same time and i just couldn't do it that's brutal like i think i've mentioned this to you because i know you're watching schitt's creek and our our uh our third on warzone is also watching it right now and i started it first watching it before both of you guys and i think both of you are ahead of me now because like (laughs) i can't sit down and watch more than like two episodes uh, like two 30-minute episodes. I don't get how people can can do like six hours of watching well, Netflix. Like that is insane to me. I can't do more than like an hour is the max I can do. Those like those murder mystery shows that I've watched a couple lately, they're about like 46 minutes, 48 minutes or something. Like after that, I need to like get up and walk around and like do something. Like I can't just sit there and keep watching for some reason. Man, okay, so it's weird because I'm the opposite. Like with 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 like Tiger King or whatever, like you know I didn't finish Tiger King. I lost interest. Um, but 
you know, with all those like 46 minutes stuff, even like crime documentaries or whatever I'm watching, right? Like, you know, if it's 46 minutes, I am not watching more than one of those. But if it's like Shit's Creek, Brooklyn Nine-Nine or whatever, like, you know my story about Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Like I was waiting at the car, de- car dealership for my car getting repaired or whatever. It was getting inspected and it was like a six hour, five hour wait. They originally told me it'd be an hour and a half. So I'm there for five hours in the lounge or whatever. And I'm just like watching... Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and I just kept watching the episodes, and I watched literally, I think, seven episodes in a day there, and then I went home, and I just kept it going. I was like, I think this was like shortly before I had uh, started at Canucks Army as managing editor, didn't have a lot going on, so I just, uh, yeah, I went up and watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine all day, and that was kind of where that started for me. That was probably the first time that I've watched a show in succession like that. That's good. That's a good one to choose too. So I'll, I'll say my favorite television show, um, man, you know what? Like I, I really like the office, but I'm going to stay away from it. Cause that's, that's one that everyone picks. I'm going to say Silicon Valley, uh, is an incredible show. It's absolutely hilarious. Um, have you watched Silicon Valley before? No, never. Oh, quads. You would like it. It's like nerdy comedy. You'd love it. It's uh, it's about like a startup, right? Like in the Silicon Valley, um, and it's just with a bunch of comedians running through like a startup. Uh, it's incredible. It's a great show. People that have watched it will agree with me. That's one that you got to put on the list, quads for sure. Interesting. Um, okay. And then my favorite movie. Uh, people are gonna give you shit for this uh, or crap for this. I probably well, that's one little swear I'll sneak in there. But um, it's Forrest Gump. I've seen it so many damn times. I've I've watched it like I can watch it whenever. I always have a good time watching it. Um, it's, it's Forrest Gump for me through and through. I've probably seen it 50 to 60 times that, or another movie I've seen a ton is holes. I've seen holes a ton of times when I was a kid. I've seen holes. Yes. Okay. So those are the two, those are my two. So the, let's get to a final question as we wrap up the episode here. Quads. Um, this one, I know you've been waiting for all episode. We've been arguing in text messages about it. Um, quads. Can you explain Bloomquist Blomquist? The take. Can you explain that in depth? Yeah, I can. Uh, so I took a little bit of heat for this one on Twitter. 30 you know, seconds like, on the clock. 30 seconds? Okay, okay. So Joel Blomqvist plays in a very underscouted league in Finland, okay? But what you can see when you watch him play, even even if there were no pucks being shot at him, and you were just telling him, okay, I need you to get to your post, I need you to get to the front as if you're going to face a shooter from your post, the puck's being cycled around, I need you to do that, and then I need you to go lateral movement, okay? Even if there's no pucks being shot at him, the guy is so quick, lateral movement, like his lateral movement is insane, and the way he can get to the post and seal it off so fast, like Chris... 30 seconds. Is it up? No, 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 shush. I'm telling you, there. I have not seen a young goaltender with as, as good as this guy when it comes to just pure fundamentals and he has that all down pat okay the thing that you know the only thing that i think people are a little bit concerned about with him is that maybe he's too much of a goalie school goalie and he just he's so technically sound that he doesn't have the dynamic abilities that are needed to succeed at the nhl level i wrote about this in depth for canucks army very shortly before the draft because i was expecting the canucks were going to try and make a solid move to go for him you know i was keeping it keeping it to myself as long as i could but yeah we knew that was the goalie they were targeting um and that was announced after. I'm not just saying this now. This is true from Thomas Drantz. Um, but yeah, like, I'm, I don't know, man. I'm just saying, like, you know, the, for so long, like, you look at the best goalie from every draft, right? Like, um, 
it's very rarely the guy who is touted as being the best goalie from the draft. And if I had to be, if I was a betting man, I would say that by the end of their careers, and I'm not saying at the World Juniors, Blomqvist is going to be better than Askarov. I'm saying by the end of their careers, Blomqvist is going to have a better career. He's going to be an objectively better goaltender than Yaroslav Askarov. And I know I have to, I have to kind of equate that. Askarov's a great goaltender. Don't get me wrong. Like, man, again, you want to talk lateral quickness? Like, this guy is insane. His reflexes are outstanding. The thing that I think is going to really give him fits is his rebound control. And just, you know, you look at, if you look at any highlight reel from him or you look at any games he played, like a lot of the big saves he made and the thing that scouts are saying, oh my gosh, and this is what's catching the scouts' eyes is these huge saves. But they come from either being out of position or you've just made a kick save or something and given it right up to another shooter and you're just you don't get away with that at the NHL level. You and I both know that, Chris. If these were guys in the NHL shooting at him and pouncing on these rebounds, they're in the back of the net every time. And you just don't like to see a young goaltender have to bail himself out like that so much. Oh and my god, it's one save quad. That's the highlight that makes it to Twitter. There's thirty two the other ones that he's making. I'm telling game. you I'm telling you his rebound control isn't what it needs to to be it's just not and you can you watch full games of him and it's very evident with Blomquist puck stick to him he doesn't give up rebounds like that and if he does they're directed into the corners where nobody can get it like I'm telling you man his rebound control is really concerning and nobody's talking about it I don't think I don't see it I've seen a lot of his full games and I don't think I see that as much I think you see a lot of the highlights for sure he's making these big huge crazy saves but, even, but he is sound defensively even in full games even in else. full games even in full games it's it's the rebound control that's the big problem with him and you know even a wide stance it's not great to see that Blomqvist has a narrow stance we've talked to Kevin Woodley you were there about how important a narrow stance is to succeed in the NHL Blomqvist has it so yes Askarov is a great goalie and he's succeeding at the KHL level. He's succeeding everywhere he plays. But I'm telling you, if he doesn't clean up the rebound control, he's going to get passed by a guy like Blomqvist who has such good fundamentals. I think the fact that Askarov is 18 years old and already facing the second best league for shots coming at him really says something. He's facing shots that are better than you'll see at the AHL right now at the age of 18. And for the season, he has a 962 save percentage against those shots. So like... This goaltender, like, and even from watching him, like, I watched this this Scott team play for Pod Colson, but there's something that sticks out about Askarov. He's just a different type of goalie, man. Like, he, I, like, I know we're going to have to make a 20-year bet on this bet, but I'm down <laughs> to take it and ride with my boy Askarov on that for sure because he's going to rip up this World Junior Tournament coming up here. He's going he's gonna he to be different, man. He's a different type of goalie. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think he's going to have... He's by far and away going to be the best goaltender at the World Juniors. Like I'm not, I'm not coming here saying Blomqvist is going to be better than him at this World Juniors. That's not what I'm saying. Blomqvist is going to show that he has really good fundamental capabilities, but it's not going to be even close. I don't think. Like I think Askarov by far is going to be the best goalie in this tournament. But I'm telling you, when all is said and done, Chris. Blomquist is going to be the better goalie. Like, I'm telling you. I'm just I'm just telling you. You're telling man. me. I'm not listening, though. I'm not listening. I know, but I'm telling you, and I've I've talked about this with, like, NHL scouts, NHL goaltending coaches, and people are very high on Blomquist for very good reason. And I'm all I'm saying, Chris, is, you know, I've, I've done a lot of research on both of these guys, and I'm not just coming at, at you with this to have a hot take. I know it's a super hot take, but I've just... I've watched so much and focused so much on their fundamentals, and it's just 
Blomquist, at the end of the day, is going to have a more successful career. I'm saying it now. Save this yeah, tweet. We'll, do, we'll work what we can do to make this 20-year bet um, make this happen. Because in 20 years from now, I'll let you know how I want to collect. But um, aside from that, I don't think we want to have too many more questions to get into. We're over an hour now on the recording. So um, we'll basically wrap it up unless there's anything else you want to add, Quads. Uh, I don't think we got any crazy questions. Let me just see. I want to see if there's anything... Uh... I don't think you're allowed anymore. I give you 30 seconds for Blown Quest. We went for five minutes. So I think you're actually <laughs> cut off for this episode. Well, I won't, um, I won't, uh, I won't talk more about Blown or any more goaltenders. Actually, wait, there was a goaltender question I wanted to answer. Hold on. Okay. Braden Ursel, uh, site expert at Canuckway says, who is the better 2021 season? Demko or Markstrom? I'm going to say Markstrom. I don't think it's really going to be close. Uh, you know, but. There's some, you know, Markstrom is a safe answer, right? But there's something to be said for a goaltender who has blossomed in a defensive environment that isn't that great, going to a team that plays much better team defense than the Canucks do. I wonder if, you know, maybe when he's not facing so many shots and isn't relied upon so heavily, maybe Markstrom kind of, you know, you, you always see it, right? Like a goaltender's, the, his team's controlling play for 10 minutes in the offensive zone, and then the other team comes back and he lets in a floater. And it's the first shot he's faced in 10 minutes. Like, there's something yeah. to be said for facing a lot of shots and facing them at high volume. You never want it to be too much, but Markstrom was up to that challenge. So, I wonder, there's a world where Markstrom doesn't find success in Calgary and doesn't, uh, you know, he's going from a system that he knows and that he knows he can succeed in. I wonder, I wonder, man. I wonder if we're going to see something similar to Bobrovsky. Bobrovsky's a little different, though, because it's just he's in Florida where they just don't play defense uh, and they were hoping he could just mask every hole and that's just not fair to put on a goaltender. Uh, But, you know, Markstrom can do that for you and he can do it for the Canucks. So I'm very curious to see what he does when he goes to Calgary. I, yeah, if you want to look at just like who strictly has the better season, looking at stats, I would I would probably lean with Markstrom here too, just because I mean Markstrom's not going into camp in a goaltender battle, you know that yeah. Jadenko is, yeah. and though he had an incredible playoffs, um, I, like I, I would be very surprised if we see a th- run of three games this season coming up as good as Thatcher Demko did in the playoffs. Like, like, and that, I don't think that's even like a slight at Demko. Like, let's just like look at that three game session. That was ridiculous goaltending from Thatcher Demko. It's absolutely ridiculous. He single-handedly won those games, right? So, like, mm-hmm. I I would be I wouldn't be surprised if he does go on one three-game stretch like that uh, at some point during the season. But I think Jacob Markstrom is going to be the guy who's going to just be getting a ton of starts over there in Calgary, and in the end, we'll probably have a better twenty-one season. But um, yeah, it, it's it's going to be an interesting spot for Demko um, if he can win the spot right out of camp because I'm. Like I, I'm, I'm thinking that Thatcher Demko is the starter night one. I know a lot of people are in the Holtby camp, but I, mm-hmm. I just think that Thatcher Demko is going to start for the Vancouver Canucks after what he, like, what have you done for me lately? What he just did in the playoffs, he, I think he's earned enough to get the nod from Travis Green to be the starter on opening night. Yeah, I, I don't disagree necessarily. I think it's going to be really important to watch these guys in training camp before having a solid opinion on it. But yeah, I yeah. think, uh, yeah, I think that also. Sorry, breaking news. Uh, Ray Ferraro is just talking about splitting hairs, not calling a renegotiation. Gut feeling is 48 games starting on February 1st. That's from TSN's Ray Ferraro on TSN 1040. Damn. Right now. Yeah, that's that's what um you know we're hearing a lot about. And that's something that I talked to the uh, Huglander camp about. This is what we'll wrap up with. Um, was when they're planning on getting here. The loan expires on the 12th. There's still games after that before Christmas. The plan is to come to North America after that. And they don't really know when camp's going to start. And the more that we hear about 
you know, a start date being sometime in February, that's more time for Niels Helglander to be able to get himself with the Vancouver Canucks, be skating potentially with some Vancouver Canucks, um, and even maybe just get around some of the guys. Like maybe maybe he gets an opportunity to go out with some of the Swedish guys and just meet them, meet their families, and you know things like that. I think that would be great for him getting over here. Um, the latest I've heard is. Not a lot. I thought I was getting news. I told you the story earlier this week. I'm not, I don't really, I'm going to tell it on the podcast, but I uh, did talk to the agent a little bit. Um, and the only thing that I got was uh, out of Neil Zuglander when I did talk to him, I asked him what he thought about for a different number um, aside from 21. And it looks like 36 would be his other choice. So that's the only news I really got uh, this week because 21 is obviously taken by uh, another Swedish star here in Vancouver. So Huglander's going to have to look somewhere else for a number. And I think 36 might be that number. So um, that's that's all I really got. Before you close out, statement from Canucks uh, Sports and Entertainment COO Trent Carroll. Mark Donnelly is acting independently, and we hope the public understands he is not representing the Vancouver Canucks. We encourage everyone to wear a mask and to follow the pro- provincial health orders. So I think that's a great way to close out the show. Oh, man. that's a, Yeah, that's a great way to close it out. Okay, well, uh, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, thank you guys for tuning into another episode of the Canucks Conversation, episode 120. Like, pretty big number actually. Now that we think about it, eight quads. Yeah, no kidding. We've been here for a long so, time. You longer than me, yeah. even. Well, now if you look at it, you've been a co-host just as long as I've hosted by myself now, because episode 60 was the first one we did together. Yes, that's right. That's right. So you have a, the show is officially more leaning in your direction now. So that's good to hear, or I guess our direction. So, but <laughs> yes. anyways, it's leaning in one direction. So we got that. All right, we'll wrap it up here. Uh, appreciate you guys coming in and tuning in. And shout out to the new sponsors as well, Odd Shark. Check them out for all of your betting odds. And be sure to go out and try one of those Jelly Donut Parallel 49 beers along with your Mike's Hard and pick up some hockey cards while you're at it. Boom, just knocked off four of them right there. All right, quads, appreciate you stopping by, bud. We'll do another episode of this next week. Um, and a lot more hockey stuff, I think, to break down. So we'll get into some more Vancouver Canucks news and kind of getting into training camp ideas next week on the show. Uh, but this week was a lot of prospects. So we appreciate you guys stopping by. My name is Chris Faber, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Hello, thank you for calling Thomas Grant. 